I'm sitting here with Jonathan J. Lee today. Jonathan is an award-winning artist based here in Hong Kong, known for his vibrant comic-inspired illustration. He got his BFA in illustration at Parsons at the New School for Design and his MFA at the City University of Hong Kong. His clients include everything from Marvel Comics to Heavy Metal Magazine, Black Sheep Restaurants to HSBC, and many more. He's also a part-time professor. And full disclosure, Jonathan and I go way back because we went to high school together and we also lived in New York around the same time as well. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome to the show. Hello, Iris. Don't tell the story of me at your Halloween party. I will not. Awesome. But before we get into our interview, let's do a shot of Sunday's Nigori together. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, so good. So good. So, um, how's your day going? Yeah, it's been long, but I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Awesome. That's where the sake comes in. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about where you grew up and how your interest in art developed? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in the States. Actually, a childhood friend of mine in the States who were in the suburbs got me into Marvel Comics, and I kind of held on to that love when I came to Hong Kong when I was seven years old in 92. And I kind of, I guess it just kind of kept with me for a little bit, but it kind of went dormant for a little bit, and then became a secret fantasy when I was around 14 or 15 when I enjoyed and loved drawing. And then one of my teachers, uh, one of our teachers from school actually pulled me outside and said, I have to do this. And that was the first time I realized this is something absolutely, it could be a reality. Oh, and who or what were your inspirations aside from you know, comics or that teacher? Were there any sort of like formal artists that you really look up to? Or? Not at all. No? No, well I mean, there were, look, the, the way that the school system works is that you have to fulfill certain criteria to get the grade. So I found kind of a cheat, a workaround, which was I would look at these formal artists to lead into the artists that actually I want to talk about, which were mostly comic book guys. And growing up, did you ever think, like you heard this piece of advice, but did you really think you'd go into art? <clears throat> no, uh, not at all. I really had no, I, it was, like I said, it was completely a fantasy. I really had no idea that it would become reality. So what was the original plan? Uh, well, I guess in a way I was a little bit stubborn. I knew that I was gonna do this no matter what. If I didn't go to school for it or I couldn't go to school for it, I'd still find a way. So my original plan was to sit around in Hong Kong, maybe go to like a second tier school, uh, forgive me for saying that, um, and then just figure it out. Like most things you figure it out. That was the original plan. So then how did you end up going to Parsons? Uh, so I got, found out that I got accepted and I was a little bit maybe kind of scared to bring it up with family because of course they're funding my education at the time. Um, but when I did, I was really surprised because my mother just basically said, well, it's too good of an opportunity to not, to not take. And then everything, suddenly I was like, I was excited, but also really scared and anxious. And when I found out that I was going to go, it became even worse because now I was like, oh, wow, I really got to go through with this now. And now I got to live up to people's expectations. So aside from the amazing education I'm, I'm sure you received at Parsons, how did you spend your time in New York? Like, was it a good place to find work as an illustrator? Uh, the best part of New York for me was, I would say, the people. I met some really good people there. And this is kind of geeky. My favorite place is actually the comic shops, Jimmy Hallin's Universe and Forbidden Planet. Um, what I loved was just the openness versus Hong Kong, for example, the culture, the museums. Uh, there's always something going on musically. Uh, I, I tell this story to some of my students, but I, I loved how we would, you'd be, meet some guy who was like, I don't know, touring with Maz Def, but he would be just as happy 
uh, playing Union Square, just hanging out, you know, just playing music for free. And to me, that was like for the love of what you do. And I've never been in a place where uh, people were so open about that. Yeah. And what made you decide to move back to Hong Kong, a place where there's, you know, almost no art compared <clears throat> to New York, for example? Uh, so Hong Kong, I grew up here. This is my home. I love Hong Kong. Uh, one of the things was I came back for a holiday and then I, for some reason, I don't know why, I started getting a bunch of work. Like a lot of people was like, oh, hey, you went to Parsons or you did this. Uh, come do this project with me. And then so I ended up extending my stay. Then when I went back to New York, I decided I was just going to go back to Hong Kong. What affirmed it, I remember bumping into one of my uh, professors from Parsons. His name is George Bates, one of my heroes. And he just said, yeah, go to, go to where the work is. You know? And it was a financial crisis. I got some projects there, but it turns out they didn't care where I was either. Um, and I decided, well, you know, my family's here, and I love them, and they're getting a little older. And I think I'd be really happy to come back. What do you think might have been different if you stayed in New York? Uh, everyone that I went to school with, not a single one is actually practicing illustration. Now, really? All of them are in some form of the creative industry, tattoo artists in um, motion graphics, uh, all very, doing very interesting things. And I think what they did was maybe evolved from it. And maybe I'm the one who's stuck in the past and can't move on. Uh, but I love drawing, and I never thought, I mean, I never knew it could, it could happen in some place like Hong Kong. But it turns out that actually a lot of people need what we do. And because of that, there weren't that many people to call. So therefore, I think that's the only reason really why I was able to maintain it coming to a place like Hong Kong. So you got your master's degree, um, and you've been teaching part-time for the past two years. How has <clears throat> becoming an educator changed your attitude or your work, if at all? Uh, so actually, I've been part-time for one year, and in the past year, I've been full-time entirely. Oh, okay. uh, so what's changed? I would say, uh, like most things, uh, like you throw yourself into the work. And I'll be honest, I learned a lot more teaching in the past year full-time than I was in four years at school. Uh, and one of them, too, is if you're, in the, if you're in a position now where you're the one telling students the way things should be going and what they should be doing, um, you should also be uh, a master of that as well. Now, uh, I have been for the past 10 years, but in the past year, I wasn't unable to because of just, uh, if you devote yourself to your students and your work, then you're not gonna find time for those other things. Now, what's changed, I would say, it made me realize how much I love what I do and I couldn't do it. Like, I, I'd rather be broke, poor, have nothing in the world, but I could still make pictures, basically, yeah. And. So I read an interview with you a while back where you said you once had a gig where you had to basically perform painting at a party, yeah. quote unquote, like a monkey. Yeah. Um, have you had to do some weirder things or jobs you'd rather not have have done to mm. pay bills while establishing, your, establishing yourself? Uh, those live painting gigs were good. Well, they're interesting because I never thought people wanted to see that because the act of creating art is a pretty private thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was fun because, you know, I went for an hour or two, they paid me, and I get to drink beer. So, I mean, what could go wrong, right? And, but I mean, weirder things that I've done, uh, there are ways that people find, you know, people find ways to survive, no matter what. Uh, a lot of, I've tried to the best of my ability to do everything related to the creative industry, even if it wasn't something I really truly wanted to do, but I had to. I've done things like name card designs and leaflets. Uh, I wouldn't put my name to a lot of it. In fact, I wouldn't put my name to most of it. 
but it was just kind of moving towards my mountain along the way, things that I had to do. Uh, really embarrassing things? No. <laughs> <laughs> was it no as a I, you're tell Well, me, maybe or? it's been erased from my memory. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, I don't know. I, there are embarrassing things for sure, um, but no one will ever find out about them. Okay. Uh, but to, to be fair, it sounds like you've gone pretty like consistent illustration work from the beginning, uh, right? No, not at all. No? Of course not, no. Uh, from the very beginning, oh man, it took, it took years before people took me seriously. Because for a lot of the time, uh, understand that what I do, I mean, I'm inspired by comics. So aesthetically, a lot of people thought, what is this low form of culture and this is not art and why should we pay him and that kind of thing. Now today, I'm really happy. Someone once told me that my art was really trendy and it made me kind of like, I was offended, but also trend, I was, I was also very happy because it meant that now people recognize it and accepted it for what it was, which was inspired by comic books. But I think that also spawned from a whole other generation of artists just before me, like James Jean on the wall over here, right? They all kind of created this a uh, new wave of what illustration should be. I remember getting in um, arguments with my chair at at, uh, at Parsons because they're they were very old school in how they thought everything was editorial. In my mind, print is not the only way to make art, right? Like people are doing things with brands and like galleries and everything. It was kind of like this this is the way it should be, but no one really kind of understood that or agreed with me. And I got lucky in a lot of ways. I just kind of put my art out there. Uh, one of the first big gigs, uh, Time Out Magazine, I think the, I forgot her name, uh, gave me a, an opportunity to uh, be one of the artists to launch Cronenberg in Hong Kong. And to me, that was like the first foray into, yes, this is what it should be. We should be making everything, like coasters, billboards, glasses, uh, tables, you know, we should do everything possible. So what do you think that means then? If it's trending, does that mean it's a, a fad and it'll pass? Or do you think it's here to stay? Um, so how to define illustration for me is kind of like uh, the Venn diagram, right? Which is graphic design, fine art, and everything else, animation, is like illustration represented for me everything that I wanted to do. So I don't like to define it simply as, oh, I'm just doing illustration. For me, I'm creating things. now. In the future, that could be anything. That could be music or animation or film. It doesn't really matter. For me, it's just like telling stories, making things. Is it just a fad? I think it's kind of, there's certain things that became fads in Hong Kong and then I think are being played out, like street art and graffiti. Uh, we're not really one of, the, one of those kinds of cities, you know, that is um, chaotic. Uh, so they're finding ways to appropriate graffiti in the form of, oh, this is, we should put them on walls for brands instead, you know? Um, I hope it doesn't die out. Uh, I think people respond to the work because there's something interesting to say. So if anything, uh, it's not that it's gonna stay, it's gonna evolve into something better. And a slightly off-topic question, yeah. what do you think of the fact that you grew up as this comic book nerd, everyone was like, oh, it's lame, and suddenly- What, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no one. No one said that. Uh, uh, but um, now, finally, like, comic comic book characters are, like, the best-selling movies. I'm, I'm kind of glad it's the mainstream. Because, like, if you look in Asia, comics are part of popular culture, right? And mm -hmm. it's just a thing, right? In the States, at the time when I was growing up, it's a form of low culture. In some cases, it still is. They, some people used to look down on comics. In Europe, it's a high form of art, 
right? It's called the ninth art. They think it, they treat it like music, theater, uh, fine art. And so we're kind of in this weird middle ground being in Asia. Um, I, hmm, I think it's really, uh, I'm really happy, hmm, give me a sec. <laughs> You're undecided. Gather my thoughts. Earlier in my life, I was conflicted about it. So I was like, well, this is not cool. And I was really very much a purist, right? Like, but actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad because it means that uh, it says something about the world we live in, right? If people respond to this, that means I was in on it from the very beginning, right? And so in a way, I'm kind of proud. I've always been a proud nerd and a proud geek. Uh, but I don't think people really... I hope people didn't see me as a geek, like you say. Or no, no, not I just meant uh, in the general sense. Like, <laughs> comics were never a super, you know. No, no, they thing. weren't. Um, people, a lot of people still don't read comics. They just know them from the movies, you know. But for me, that's kind of how I get people into comics. And I love talking about it. Yeah. I talk about it forever. Uh, I teach about it, which is kind of crazy to me. I can't believe, I can't believe there's a job where I can talk about comics. That's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Living the dream. Right? <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Iris. We're back from our break, and we're here talking with Jonathan J. Lee. So what's the work that you've done that you're the proudest of? I'm sure that's like asking a father to name their favorite child, but if you had to, what would it be and why? Um, usually it's, it's the latest thing I've done, and in this case it actually is. So I'm actually in the middle of a project. I've just done a sketch for it. And that's all it is, a sketch. But I'm happiest with it. I'm happiest with it more than anything I've ever done. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, between commission work and teaching, do you still find time to just create what you want to create for yourself and not for anyone else? Uh, the answer I'd like to give you is yes. But the truth is no. Uh, of course, I would like to be making different things. But I think this is also a reason why I'm taking a step back from teaching. Um, life gets in the way. I mean, we're getting a little older and, you know, our priorities change a little bit. But I also realize, too, there are things that I have to make that I've been wanting to make for so long. So I need to find ways to be able to do it. Um, so some changes are happening, yeah. Okay. Any sneak preview of what that might be? Uh, I'm not sure I should talk about them just yet because I'm not the only one involved. Okay, yeah. I see. Um, so it's not easy making it as an illustrator or any kind of artist for that matter. What do you think you owe your success to? Uh, probably mostly the people around me. Uh, it's, it, I think it's the support in general from everyone from friends to family, uh, teachers. Not, not everybody supported and I would say most people didn't. Um, but there's like a few who truly kind of stuck with me and believed in me at a, even at a point even at points when I didn't believe myself and I think that support also kind of uh, forces me to yes I got to look to what they believe I am but also um, kind of give back I guess to them and be like yes um, thank you for your support and in a way I think some of it's paying off a little bit yeah that's nice what do you think integrity as an artist means I uh, I think it means sticking to your guns, no matter what. Now, I've lost track of that several times um, in my career, but it really means like stick with it no matter what and stay true to what you are as an artist. So what do you believe in? Like, what is your underlying narrative in your work? You know, if you don't know what that is, I think you'll figure it out. Um, integrity also means um, 
being good to the community, so the artist community around you. If someone calls you and asks you to be this other artist, then you should say, why don't you go find that other artist, you know? Um, I think it means uh, giving back to community as well, because most, I heard this recently, most masters uh, in their lifetime also took on um, mentees, right? They took on uh, apprentices. And I think part of that is building what you've built or continue to build what you've built and have it kind of spread across the world. Do you uh, feel that like being a part-time professor fulfills that? Oh yeah, definitely right now. Yeah. Oh, I, lo- I won't lie, I, I, love, I love teaching. I love working with the students. I like learning about things that I didn't know about and then passing that information along. I love organizing like lectures and kind of content in a way that I think delivers well. And I, I kind of like seeing young talent. It, it really excites me. Uh, like it, I think in some people in the industry will see it as, oh, that's a threat. Uh, but in my mind, it's like, well, this is good. This is good for Hong Kong. This is good for the community. This is good for everyone in general because they're gonna see new things that they're gonna be like, wow, I'm so happy that exists. And the reason why that exists is because they have this drive and people support them along the way. And I just kind of, I like the idea that I'm one of those people supporting them. Do you think, why do you think there are some artists that would would feel threatened by new talent? Uh, so as, is, as we mentioned before, it's quite difficult to make it in a city like Hong Kong. So uh, more competition means less work for others. And to this day, there are artists who are doing very well and established, but uh, can't make a, a good living doing what we do. Do you have any advice for it? Spot? for aspiring illustrators who are maybe still in school or at the end uh, or, or at the beginning of their career? Yes, absolutely. I'd say if you really want this and you stick through with it. Now, it's not going to be easy. And I think in some cases, some people know that they're not cut out for this. And if that's the case, either stick with it or move on to something else. Now, there are those when they really, really want it, you just know, like deep down, you know, and nothing can stop you. Uh, and you may think that you're going to give up one day, but I think the truth is that the world gives you back um, what you put back into it, right? Um, yeah, just stick with it. Okay, and what's next for you? Uh, so I've got a bunch of projects lined up I'm really excited about. Um, I'm actually taking more initiatives. One of your questions earlier was about doing my own work, and that's one of those things. So I'm actually taking bigger risks than I've ever done, and I think part of being an artist, too, that I forgot about was the excitement and not knowing, right? So every project you take on is, you have no idea really what it's gonna be, and that kind of uncertainty is what makes you the artist, right? Uh, so next from here, get on those projects, maybe do a little bit of traveling, um, and probably reorganize my life. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, just make things better than they are now. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I love your like continuous improvement mentality. Oh, thank you. Um, so are you ready for a little rapid fire? Oh, not really. Not okay, really let's cool. go. Okay. So basically you have about a second to answer. If you don't, then you drink. You don't have to, you don't have to drink that whole shot. Don't All right. worry. If I, if I curse, you got to bleep it. Uh, you can curse as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll start with the easy ones. All I, right. I think they're easy at least. Marvel or DC Comics? Marvel. Morning or nights? Nights. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Mobile games or console games? Mobile games. One item on your bucket list? Bucket list? Drink. Damn it. (laughs) 
Just like anything that you need to do before you die. I'm not confident enough to say it out loud right now. Okay. <laughs> um, strangest thing you've ever eaten? Eaten? Hmm. I don't know. Snail? Is that strange? Mm, yeah, you hesitated there. Ah, damn it. Do I get to ask you questions? Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. It's a one-way street. All right. Uh, favorite beer? Oh, Blue Girl. Interesting. Very Hong Kong. Uh, it's just right now. It's just for now. Just right now. Yeah. Uh, favorite comic or graphic novel? Uh, used to be X-Men. Currently, anything, actually. Really, anything. What does that mean? That means I'll, I'll read anything new and interesting. Like, oh, I, okay. I don't have any preferences. Right. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? Oh, Kiyoshi Yoshimi Kane's. <laughs> why? Huh? This is a little background information. This is uh, our friend from high school and also my coworker. Uh, so me and Yoshi grew up together, and he's a very strange human being. And I'm not sure how he functions or how he works, but I just want to see the world through his eyes for one day so I can understand. No, because I love him to death, but sometimes I just don't understand, and I just want to know. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, which artist's work are you really into right now, and why? Uh, so I've always been a fan of Inoue Takehiko. He does Vagabond and everything else. Uh, currently, uh, one of my students showed me an artist who does pixel art online. I, don't, I forgot his name. I don't think he or she's even that big, but it was beautiful, very tasteful stuff with minimal animation as gifts, and I thought, wow, this is, uh, I, wonder, I wonder if my work could do that. And I started thinking about that. I don't even know the name of the artist, sorry. Cool. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Oh, brush my teeth. Okay. Would you rather, I kind of feel like I would know the answer to some of these questions uh -oh. based on what you've said. Would you rather live like a king and have no friends or family or be homeless with your friends and family? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> do I have to drink? Yes, you Damn do. Damn it. That's not fair. Can I have both? Because there are days when I'm actually either or. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. Um, would you rather have a dog with a cat's personality or a cat with a dog's personality? Probably a dog with a cat's personality. Oh, no way, man. I don't, actually, I don't even know. I feel like I'm trying to figure that out. Anyone who picks that is like such a bad. Because cats. Like, you don't have to clean up. I know, but dogs are so dogs cute. And, oh, damn it, you're right. <laughs> All right, would you rather make a minimum wage and be able to make the art that you want or be a billion, billionaire and never create art again? Oh, that's hard. Drink. <sighs> oh, I still got an answer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I already look like a king. So I think at this point in time, I've, I'd be very happy with minimum wage and make my art. Awesome. Minimum wage is pretty good already though, right? Minimum wage? Yeah. Uh, you know. In Hong Kong, it's actually not very good, right? No, not really. How about minimum wage in the States? It's pretty bad too. Yeah, what I'll be good. I'll yeah. figure it out. Okay. Um, describe yourself in three words only. Whoa. Um, sincere, I hope. Uh, I don't know. I, I like to think I'm a hard worker, but I know that I can yeah, be lazy, sure. so I guess indulgent is one, and possibly addictive. Cool. As in you're addictive to people? I'm very easily addicted to, to, to things. To things. 
All right, awesome. So for those who want to find out a bit more about what you do and your different projects, where can they follow you online? Uh, so I don't really do social media because I'm very good at it, but I do have a Facebook page. Um, my Instagram is actually handled by Kiyoshi Yoshimi Kanes. The one that you want to trade lives with for a day? Right, exactly. Um, he was the one who told me I suck at social media, so he took it over. Uh, I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. But I would say just my website or the Facebook page. Or you, come meet me. What's the handle for, uh, for Instagram? Instagram? Uh, Jonathan J. Lee. Cool. All right. Before we sign off, I think we should have a little drink together. Thank All you right, so cheers. much. Thank you. Cheers.